It's another morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine repairs, and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Monday, December 18th, 2023. Stand up for your country. Last week for the No Spin News in 2023. It was a good year for us. Um, it wasn't a good year for the country in particular, I don't think. A lot of people got hammered uh, economically. We have problems that remain unsolved. We have a lot of violence in the inner cities. Um, we have a bad president. By bad, I mean incompetent. So we're in the greatest year there. But for us, uh, we're doing really well. And, and it's because we are separating, vividly separating from the corporate media which, as you know, is absolutely falling apart. And the propaganda that they put out every day is stunning. It, it really is. We're never going to get do that. We're always going to give you uh, fact-based news analysis here. Anyway, uh, next year, 24, one of the most important years in American history because of the presidential race. And uh, we will be on that and cover it responsibly. And that's the subject of this evening's Talking Points Memo. So a new poll, CBS, uh, out on Iowa and New Hampshire. The first two votes coming right up. And uh, the first question of the candidates who are considering if the 2024 Republican primary caucus in your state were held today, which one of the candidates would you vote for? Okay, Trump 58, 
DeSantis 22, Nikki Haley 13, Ramaswamy and Christie really out of the running. Okay. I expect Trump to have little trouble in Iowa winning that caucus, which is on January 15th. Okay. Now, once that happens, DeSantis is gone. Can't continue because DeSantis put all his resources in Iowa. Unless there's a stunning surge, which I don't believe there will be, um, DeSantis will have to hang it up. Doesn't have the money to continue. Then it is on to New Hampshire, January 23rd. This is, again, the CBS poll in New Hampshire of the candidates who are considering and might consider 224 Republican primary in your state were held today. Which one of those candidates would you vote for? Trump, 44. Nikki Haley, 29. DeSantis, 11. The 29 number for Nikki Haley is a good number. Now, the Granite State, as I said in the message of the day, and I hope you read that every day, just go to BillOReilly.com. There's the message every morning for you. You don't have to be a member. You don't have to do anything. It just pops right up. Uh, Nikki Haley getting 29% at this point in the Granite State is a good number. Now, New Hampshire's never really particularly liked Donald Trump. Went for Biden. All right. It is an independent state and independents are allowed to vote in the primary in New Hampshire, which will skew the results a little bit. It's not just Republicans. Independents can vote as well. Okay, so I expect Nikki Haley to do well, not beat Donald Trump in New Hampshire. I don't think that's going to happen, but she'll do well. She's got a lot of money. She can continue um, pretty much no matter what happens in Iowa or New Hampshire, and she will. So you would think then with a nice number like that for Nikki Haley that she would then go on the network news and answer questions about her campaign, her vision for the country on and on. Well, half of that happened. So she was invited on ABC News, uh, Jonathan Carl, who bills himself as a correspondent, but he really isn't. He's a commentator and he hates Trump and he wrote a hate Trump book. Okay. But the ABC is still trying to peddle him as, as a correspondent. No. And I don't mind him hating Trump. I don't care whether he does or not. But Haley comes in and he's totally disrespectful to Nikki Haley. Totally disrespectful to her. Roll the tape. I mean, he's running on retribution. He wants to go out and he talks about annihilating his enemies and using the criminal justice system to do so. What, what, do, you, what do you think of that? You guys are exhausting. You're exhausting in your obsession with him. The thing is, the normal people aren't obsessed with Trump like you guys are. The normal people care about the fact that they can't afford things. They feel like their freedoms are being taken away. They think government's too big. I know y'all want to talk about every single word he says and every single tweet he does. Good for her. <laughs> I mean, really, I'm starting to like her a little bit. You know, I know her a little, as I explained uh, on this broadcast, and she always came across a little uppity to me. Imperious is the word. But that was really good. Just shut him down. And Carl was like, you know, because he, he's not in there to get the audience, the ABC News audience, any information about Nikki Haley. Couldn't care less about that. He just wants to hammer Trump. That's all. Well, just have a hammer Trump hour. Don't bring somebody in like Ambassador or Governor Haley, whatever moniker you want to use. Okay, so there's another poll out, Fox News. And Fox News historically has been very unfriendly to Donald Trump, even when I was there. It, you know, I used to re- look at this poll and the poll never matched, never matched what really happened. 
I think the election of 2022, the Fox poll was a little bit better. But before that, it was like out there in the ozone. Okay, so this is a 1,007 registered voters, Democrat 44, Republican 42, fair poll. Um, first question. How would you vote if candidates were Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Trump 50, Biden 46? Wouldn't vote one. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to read you a list. Uh, this is question number two. Going to read you a list of potential candidates, 24 Republican nomination. So they're polling Republicans here. Please tell me which one you would like to see as the nominee. Donald Trump, 69%, up seven points since November. And that's because of all this legal stuff. That's exactly what this is. Okay, so he's 69%. Uh, DeSantis, 12. Haley, 9. And others don't really rate. Next question, 24. Would you like to see someone else as a Democratic nominee, or would you like to keep Joe Biden? Would like to see someone else, 54. Joe Biden, 43. So even among his own party, they don't want him. And that's been clear for a while. All right, last question. Some congressional Republicans are pushing for impeachment proceedings against President Biden. What is your view? It's legitimate, 49. Bogus, 48. Don't know, 4. So countries evenly divided on the impeachment. Okay, um, that's the memo, by the way. So I incorporated all that into the talking points memo. Biden scheduled today, nothing. I don't expect him to do anything for the next two weeks because he doesn't really do anything anyway. But they don't even fake it anymore. You figured they'd fake, well, he has a meeting with somebody. No. <laughs> he's in Delaware. I believe he's in Delaware. And he got nothing on the schedule. All right, the Democratic Party's desperate. You know, you know they are. And they are anticipating that Trump will be the nominee. The Democrats are. So... This is a statement released um, two days ago by the Biden campaign spokesperson, Amar Musa. Never heard of, this, of Amar. No idea who he is. But this is what he says, quote, Tonight, Donald Trump channeled his role models as he parroted Adolf Hitler, praised Kim Jong-un, quoted Vladimir Putin while running for president on a promise to rule as a dictator, and threaten American democracy. Now, that would be something like you would see in Mad Magazine. Remember Mad Magazine? <laughs> that quote. That would be something like that. Okay. So that, that's what the Biden campaign is going to be. Okay? Donald Trump is Adolf, and anybody who supports him are stormtroopers. That's the theme. And now the, tr the Biden acolytes are running out to CNN and MSNBC, and the network shows, but not as much. They don't have enough time. Man. But MSNBC and CNN are pretty much the spear points for the Biden administration. So this happened um, December 16th um, on CNN. Go. This is, you know, this is fascist rhetoric. Uh, the worries about polluting the blood of the superior race uh, go as a standard of 
Nazism, it's not just the Nazis, it's also fascists in Italy. Uh, Mussolini literally talked about killing rats to go back to Trump's use of vermin in an earlier speech. He talked about killing rats who were bringing uh, infectious diseases and communism into Italy. So, you know, this is fascist rhetoric and he's using it for a very precise purpose. So I'm glad Mussolini got a little airtime, you know, because the Hitler thing getting a little worn now. But let's get Mussolini in there a little bit with the rat. And we get Francisco Franco on deck. He kind of kind of come on in pretty soon, I would have think. But this is what the message is. And I told you this before. This whole Democratic machine is very well organized, comes out of uh, two or three political action committees on K Street in Washington, and they fax out their talking points of the day. And you could see it even if you just watch Fox News. You could see uh, Juan Williams reads the almost to the word. If you really want to know what the Democratic talking point is, you listen to Juan. Okay? And then there's uh, a few other people who do that on Fox News as well. They get, every morning they get, this is what we want you to say on the media. And they say it. Republicans don't really have anything like that. They're, they're not nearly as organized as the Democratic propaganda machine. So you will see so much of this Hitler, Mussolini stuff coming up. You won't believe it. All right, let's get to anti-Semitism. Very important part of this program today. Hey, guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. So there's another poll. Uh, this is Harvard Harris. Ironically, Harvard University participated in this poll. 2034 registered voters. Um, first question. Do you think the recent attack on Israel was a terrorist attack or not? Total Americans, 84, no, 16. However, the age group 18 to 24, 
Yes, it was a terror attack, 73. No, 27. So 27% of the 1800 don't think the Hamas attack was a terror attack. Okay, second question. Do you think that Jews as a class are oppressors? Okay. Uh, and should be treated as oppressors, or is that a false ideology? False, this is total, 73, oppressors, 27, 18 to 24, oppressors, 67%, false ideology, 33, okay? So, uh, you know, we're getting a, a picture here of a tremendous shift. Next question, do you think Hamas killing 1,200 Israeli civilians, kidnapping another 250, can be justified? Total can be justified, 27%, not justified, 73. That's all Americans polled. 18 to 24 can be justified, 60%, not justified, 40. Next one, is this conflict, in this conflict, do you support more Israel or Hamas? Total, Israel 81, Hamas 19. 18 to 24, Israel 50, Hamas 50. And on a genocide question, should people be allowed to accuse Israel of genocide? Total, 26% yes, 74% no. 18 to 24, 53% yes, 47% no. Joining us now from Florida, the purveyor of BernardGoldberg.com, very fine uh, website. I will be on that website being interviewed, grilled mercilessly by That's Mr. Right. Goldberg. I believe I'm going to be on there Wednesday, right? You put me on Wednesday? Wednesday, correct. You'll be grilled by a white, straight, Jewish male who apparently, I didn't know this, is an oppressor. Um, I'm an oppressor. Wait, does, that mean I'm you're, does that mean you're bringing a guest host in? <laughs> Okay, so I'm looking forward to that grilling, which will uh, take place on Wednesday. Now, I discount 18 to 24 Americans, even though I've got two of them. I've got two of them. All right. But and one of them really is astute. The other is a little shaky. But I, they don't know anything. Think back, Goldberg, when you were 18 to 24. I was horrifying. I was just horrified. I should have been deported I during was, the 18 to 24 group. Well, the, the problem with the 18 to 24 group is that they're not going to be 18 to 24 forever. And they're going to carry the, this anti-Semitic garbage with them when they get older. You think so? That, you don't think they'll evolve out of that as many in the Vietnam era did? Yeah, that's that's how it usually works. But who who would have thought that, I forget the percentage you gave of young people who, who think the the massacre, the slaughter on October 7th wasn't, wasn't a, a terrorist attack and the percentage that thinks Jews are oppressors, who would have thought th those numbers would exist? So, yes, yeah, some some will wise up, but a lot won't. Now, I think that most Americans are not anti-Semitic. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Totally agree. In your career, you've been everywhere, um, done everything. You rival me as far as I've been to 85 countries. I think you've probably been close to that, right? 
I've been to a lot of places. Okay. Not not India, and and not in the Arab world. I've been to Israel, but yeah, I've been to a lot of places. Okay. In your experience at CBS News, coming on up, working your way up to the correspondent position, and then through now, have you, Bernie Goldberg, experienced anti-Semitism? Can I begin earlier than CBS in yeah, high sure. school? Sure. So I had one, I think America is a great place and it's a great place for Jewish people. So I I, I may disappoint you in that. I don't have too many examples, but uh, in high school, one kid, one kid uh, confronted me in the cafeteria uh, about something I wrote in the student newspaper that he didn't like. And he used an anti-Jewish slur at me and it, it almost became uh, a, a brawl, like a, you know, like an animal house brawl in the cafeteria. But a Christian friend of mine intervened on my behalf and got between us before it got out of hand. But that was only one incident. But when I was at CBS, and it wasn't other CBS people, uh, there was a guy named J.B. Stoner. I don't know if you know the name, Bill. Yeah, he's a Nazi. A world-class bigot. I mean, right. he said things in public that I wouldn't repeat on your show in public about black yeah, I know, people. I know he is, right. Okay, and, and he represented James Earl Ray, and the FBI suspected J.B. Stoner of being involved in the murder of uh, Martin Luther King. So um, uh, he's a lawyer, and he's covering uh, somebody who kidnapped the publisher of the big newspaper in Atlanta. So we go to his house, and he come, meets us in the yard, and the cameraman, a, a good old boy from Nashville, says, "I got. I'll introduce everybody. I don't want. I don't want your name going out here." So he introduces the sound man, the light man. He introduces himself as John Smith. That was his real name, and then he introduces me as. And here's our correspondent, Bernie Goldman. <laughs> J.B. Stoner goes into his house. You ready for this? Goes into his house and hands us bumper stickers. This is during the Arab oil boycott. The bumper sticker says, oil, yes, Jews, no. Oil, yes, Jews, no. And one of the people, one of my friends in the crew, I assume it was, without my knowledge, puts it on the bumper sticker, my rear bumper sticker, and I'm driving around Atlanta for three or four days. <laughs> you should have gotten that guy, boy. I hope you got him I, uh, I was for doing that. When well, I realized it, but I, you I, know, I'm I, actually, I'm, I'm actually glad to hear that you didn't run up against a lot of anti-Semitism in your life. I believe that Americans, most of them, I'd say 80% of them are not anti-Semitic, but the media drives this anti-Semitic thing. You know, it's driving it. It's concentrating on the nuts at Cornell and at Columbia, at Harvard, at Penn, at MIT. It zeroes in, gives them all kinds of airtime. But the good college kids get zilch. They get nothing. So it's skewed. Am I wrong? No, you're hitting on a very important point, actually. And, and that is those students you're talking about are in, they're ingrained with DEI, diversity, inclusion or Equ equity and inclusion. Which is, which is a farce in and of itself. But, but DEI's philosophy basically comes down to this. It's as simple as there are, there are two groups, the oppressed group and the oppressor group. If you're white, 
and you're a straight white male or Jewish, even female, you're in the oppressor group. And, and the difference between the, the anti-Jewish bigots on the right, the white supremacists, the neo-Nazis, we know that they're idiots. These people are professors, they're administrators at elite colleges, they're students at elite colleges, and they could say all they want, that they're not anti-Jewish, they're anti-Israel. But when they say nothing, absolutely nothing, about the atrocities that go on daily in the Arab world, where if you're gay, you could be thrown off a building. If you're a woman, you don't have rights. They say nothing about that. And the only time they go out and demonstrate is when it's Israel, the only Jewish state on the planet. So their, their contention that they're anti-Israel, not anti-Jewish, I don't think so. I think they're anti-Jewish. And it's from the progressive elite left. No doubt about it in my mind. From the very beginning, the progressive movement has been anti-Israel. All right, Bernie, uh, I will see you on Wednesday on BernardGoldberg.com. I'm ready for the for the uh, whatever you throw at me. It should Are be you? a very interesting deal. Are you ready? Uh, uh, do I look not ready? <laughs> okay. All enough. right. I'm ready. Okay. Thanks for helping us out. And you have a happy holiday down there. Okay. We really appreciate yeah. it. Merry Christmas to you and all the people listening to us. Thank you. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundations in the Line of Duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America, over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Did you know every day is a perfect day for peace of mind? With American Home Shield Warranty, you are covered for unexpected breakdowns like leaky faucets or faulty water heaters. Choose a plan that fits your budget and rest easy knowing repairs and replacements are taken care of. Simply contact American Home Shield when an issue arises and their trusted pros will handle it according to your coverage. Don't let worries about appliances and home systems weigh you down. Celebrate the reassurance of protection. Don't worry, be warranty. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash bill. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. All right, let's now turn to the Christian view of anti-Semitism. And I'm going to bring in perhaps the most eloquent, uh, high-profile spokesperson for the Catholic faith in America. His name is Bishop Robert Barron. 
He's out of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, Minnesota. He has founded a group called Word on Fire that Catholics read and pay attention to. All right, Bishop, you just heard uh, Bernie Goldberg. Now, when I was in Catholic school, um, sometimes in solitary confinement by punishment from the nuns, um, I was taught that anti-Semitism was a sin against the Catholic Church, Christian religion, against Jesus God. I was taught it was a fairly significant sin. Does that hold? Yeah, that's true. I mean, prejudice against any group would be a sin, but in a very special way, I'd say prejudice against Jews. Uh, Pius XI said that we Christians are all spiritually Semites, that we're, we're all Jews by our spiritual uh, inheritance. Jesus, we say, is the fulfillment of Israel. Vatican II, in its statement, Nostra Aetate, made a very strong statement against uh, any form of anti-Semitism. So I think the nuns that taught you were right on target, and they've been uh, confirmed by the church's teaching ever since. Now, there has been controversy between Israel and um, the Catholic Church, particularly uh, Pope Francis, who um, doesn't want Israel to um, wage war against the Palestinians. He just came out yesterday because there were two Catholics who were killed, uh, allegedly by Israeli forces, but we, it's so foggy in there, it's very hard to tell. And then when Jewish people hear that, the Pope saying, criticizing the Netanyahu government, some of them believe that Pope's not sympathetic to the Jewish religion at all. Yeah, I don't think that's fair. When he was in Argentina, he was very close to the Jewish community and counts a number of of prominent rabbis among his friends. I mean, I don't think it's true at all that he's personally anti-Semitic. I think what he's saying, Bill, is Israel has a right to self-defense. That's part of Catholic social teaching. But also, as you know, in the just war theory, in the waging of war, we have to be both discriminating and uh, proportional. And so I think what he's urging is that those two principles be honored. Um, you know, it's always a prudential judgment uh, to what degree we're legitimately proportional and discriminating. But as I read him, I think he's just insisting upon that part of, of the church's social teaching. Yeah, and there is a, uh, in the Catholic Church, a righteous defense that you're allowed to defend yourself yeah. against the evildoers. And I, I mean, look, there's nobody on earth that knows more about terrorism than I do because I wrote the book Killing the Killers and Hamas, yeah. top of the chart. Top of the chart. Yeah. Let's shift into Christmas, as you know, Bishop, and and I expect to get to heaven because of this. I saved Christmas in America. I don't know (laughs) where you were at that point, but it was a huge campaign in the early part of the century for retailers and towns and counties to banish the word Christmas. And we went on Fox News night after night, and we just put up that this department store was ordering their employees not to say the word Christmas. This town was taking the crash out and all of that stuff. And we won because of money, because the people listening to me and I got a huge amount of attention. All right. Wouldn't go to the stores that I named that wouldn't um, say yeah. the word Christmas. So we won. And here in the Northeast, Christmas is back. Almost everywhere you go, it's Merry Christmas. They say Happy Holidays, too, but Christmas dominates. Is that now over, that controversy about not saving Christmas, is that over? 
I hope so. I, I think you're right. It's changed in the course of, of my lifetime. I think in the last, you know, many years, we watched it move from a certain antipathy toward a greater acceptance. And you're quite right. And you know, the way you fought it years ago, that was a fight worth having because it was a stupid position to say that somehow Christians have to hide their Christianity in the public forum. As you well know, there's nothing in the founding documents or in the ethos of our country that would dictate that we have to hide our religion in the public square. Uh that we don't have an officially recognized religion in our country, sure, that's one thing. But then say for a second that we have to hide our, our our religion publicly. So that was a good fight to have. I'm glad we had it. And I think one of the most important things today is that religious people can come together in the public square and have a, a real conversation, a real argument. There's a middle ground between religious violence and a kind of religious indifferentism. And it's called religious engagement and argument in the public square. That's what I'm for. Okay. The Christian point of view is that we honor Jesus's birthday. And it wasn't on December 25th. You know, you read Killing Jesus, and we did the whole history there. But it's a nice day to have it. It's dark and cold in many places, particularly where you are in Minnesota. It's a nice, yeah. nice day to have in and in, in a season. But the worthiness of Christmas was picked up by U.S. Grant, the president of the United States, who said, I'm designating this day as a federal holiday out of respect, not pushing religion, but out of respect for a theology that has helped the United States. And it, it ha if everybody, I say to my non-Catholic friends and even the people who hate Catholics because of the scandals and other things, I say, look, if everybody followed what the Nazarene put forth, wouldn't have any wars, wouldn't have any strife, would we? And why no, shouldn't that enough. be honored? Why shouldn't that be honored? And that's what we're doing here in America. Well, I think, too, you know, the church fathers summed up Christianity with the phrase, God became man that man might become God. And what they meant was, by this great act of the incarnation, God's inviting deification, that we can become sharers in God's nature. Well, there is a political implication of that, because that's where human dignity is grounded. Yes, in our intelligence and our will and our freedom and so on, but ultimately in our destiny, that we're destined to be citizens in heaven. And from that destiny comes our dignity. And I would say that, that any healthy democracy has to rest finally upon a keen sense of human dignity which is why I would link Christmas and the great claim that it makes to the ideals of our democracy. Well, that's what the Founding Fathers did. It was a brawl between uh, Patrick Henry and his crew that wanted the United States to be designated a Christian country, and Ben Franklin and Madison and Jefferson, as I write about in Killing the Witches. I'm going to send you that book. You need to read that book, uh, Bishop. Because I haven't Galilee. read that one yet. Yeah, that, that's a good one for you, because it was a real tug in the beginning of this uh, country about how to handle the religious aspect. And, and it all stemmed from Salem. It all stemmed from that yeah. aura that, that went on there. So I'm going to give you the last word. Uh, your view, Christmas in America, 2023. Go. Well, I think it's important for us as Americans, as, as Christians, to celebrate uh, Christmas for the reason I just uh, articulated. There's no greater guarantee of our, of our dignity and that God has reached out to us, has become small, that he might raise us up. That basic conviction, I mean, whether you're explicitly Christian or not, 
that basic conviction, I think, is essential to our uh, democracy. When we lose a sense of God's embrace of us in pretty short order, you move toward totalitarianism. You move toward an indifference to human life. But see, I, I, I'm with Tom Holland here, the great uh, the English historian, that so many of our values, whether we know it or not, are grounded in these Christian claims. And one of them is the incarnation, which leads to deification. That's where our sense of human dignity, I think, ultimately comes from. All right, Bishop, thanks very much for helping us out. And we uh, once again thank Bernie Goldberg, one of our best discussions of the year, I think. And Merry Christmas to you, Father. Bishop, thank you very much. Okay. All right, now we have to go to the opposite spectrum, Yemen, chaotic country in the Gulf. It's run by uh, Houthi terrorists, and uh, the terrorists are shooting at ships. Okay, just today, uh, a Norwegian-owned vessel, all right, the MBS Swan, was uh, fired on by missiles from, by the Houthis. The missiles came from Iran. So far, uh, the United States hasn't really done much. So, not in the spirit of Christmas, and I'm sorry to say this, but if I were the president, number one, I'd be working today. Number two, I'd have a few airstrikes on the Houthis in Yemen. I'd take out their uh, command and control, all of their launchers. We know where they are. It's a desert. It's not like they're hiding in the woods. I just level a place. And then I'd say to Iran, you continue this, your harbors are going. I'm taking out all your harbors. That's what's going to happen to you. Sorry for the uh, down, but that's what you got to do if you want to maintain order on this planet. Billionaires Ken Griffin, conservative, David Geffen, very liberal, band together to give $400 million to fight cancer. So Griffin's worth uh, $36 billion, Geffen about $10 billion, and they're going to give the money to... Uh, Memorial Sloan Kittering, uh, the cancer center in New York City, very fine place, 400 million, save a lot of lives, biggest single donation in the history of uh, Kettering. So, Merry Christmas to you guys. Happy Hanukkah, Mr. Geffen. Smart life, Matthew Perry. Look, when he died, I knew it was drugs. You just don't die in, in your 50s in a hot tub, all right? It was drugs. And it was a drug called uh, ketamine. And I don't know, I don't take drugs, uh, but it's around. People sell it, push you, sell it. He was taking a lot of it, and it killed him. Now, he was drug involved with other substances before, so his, his entire um, immune system was compromised. So this is a smart life segment. Look, I can't tell you enough. If you're getting intoxicated on a regular basis, whether it's drugs or alcohol, you're killing yourself. You may get away with it, but odds are you won't. All right, just stop it. Make a New Year's resolution, whatever it is. You don't need to be intoxicated. You don't need ketamine. You don't need crack. You don't need fentanyl. You don't need to drink a uh, um, gin all day long or vodka. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to lecture, but you're killing yourself. The only guy I know survived this is Keith Richards. It's his 80th birthday today, the Rolling Stone guy. One of the worst drug abusers I, in history. He admits it. He's 80. He got through. I don't know how. They ought to study his body. Smart life. This day in history, December 8th, 1917, Congress passes the 18th Amendment. What's the 18th Amendment? Come on, come on, come on. Prohibition, no booze. Okay, out of here. 
the temperance movement run by American women mounted a campaign from about 1910 to 1917, no liquor in America, and Congress passed it. And then two years later, Congress passes the Volstead Act, which sets up the Treasury Department to put you in jail if you're peddling booze, which people were all over the place. The speakeasies, the bootleggers, Al Capone, because for the first year after prohibition was uh, legalized today, 106 years ago today, first year, drinking went down about 40 percent in America. But then it surged up because of the gangsters. And you're re-killing the mob. That's the basis for organized crime today. Woodrow Wilson vetoed the Volstead Act to appoint the Treasury Department to enforce it. But the Congress overrode his video, uh, his veto. And then on December 5th, 1933, under Franklin Roosevelt, the prohibition was repealed by the 21st Amendment. That was it. But that's a long time. No booze. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back with mail and a final thought on Christmas cards in a moment. Okay, let's go to the mail. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Name and town. We're getting a lot of mail with no names and towns. And I can't consider it. Might be brilliant. Name and town. Larry, concierge member. I bet you think that was an excellent decision to make, Larry. Come in a concierge member. I hope you do. I don't think Hunter Biden had anything to lose by not showing up for the deposition. If he shows up and lies, he's more trouble. Why worry about following the laws when your father will pardon you? Yes, Hunter Biden will be pardoned. But the embarrassment he's bringing on his father, incalculable. Just remember that. Stephen, still waiting for an answer from my Democrat congressman, Golden of Maine, who voted to impeach Trump twice, but voted against the impeachment inquiry of Biden. Keep on him, Stephen. If Congressman Golden replies to you, let me know right away. Keep on him. Trisha, concierge member, difference between Steve Bannon and Hunter Biden is Bannon did not commit a crime. Well, okay, but he defied a congressional subpoena to talk about a potential crime. Mm, There's no difference. They both defied the subpoenas. 
Bannon got four uh, months in prison. We'll see what happens to Hunter. Dana Crane, Scarsdale, New York. Why isn't anyone making a connection between the Biden's corruption and Obama's eight years in office? I mean, how could he give any kind of favors, this is Joe Biden, without the help of Obama? No, Dana. The vice president doesn't have much to do with the president. Okay? Separate office, not even in the same building. Vice president is the old executive office building. Naval observatory is where the VP lives. There's not a lot of interaction. I don't believe that Barack Obama had any clue about all this grifting to the extent that it was. I'm sure he knew that Hunter Biden was trouble. I'm sure Barack Obama knew that. But I'm not, he it wasn't sitting there going, oh yeah, take the money. Jeff Von Moult, Simi Valley, California. With the incredibly small amount of readership of newspapers that continue to fall, um, why do they still have as much influence on the country as a whole? Excellent question, Jeff. Because the local television news and the national news get their storylines from the newspapers still. So what you see on TV comes from print, even though nobody's reading print. Vin Bickler, Beachwood, New Jersey. Australia, your Smart Life segment is a highlight of the No Spin News. I listen carefully to your message regarding how bad sugar is. My youngest son, Jeff, encouraged me to eliminate carbs and sugar to lose weight. Well, I took the advice. I'm down to 215 from 233, and I feel great. New Year's, cut the sugar. Best thing you can do. Bill and Sylvia Sales, Carson City, Nevada. Our local library offers an app called Libby for audiobooks. All your books are available. Killing the Witches has a four-week wait list. I know every library in the country has the killing books, and I know they all have giant wait lists. Buy the book. You might want to read passages, you know, go back to it. Okay, I know thrifty. All right. Okay, no spin elves standing by. They're still ramped up. We're having a great uh, BillOReilly.com Christmas store season. We stress the gift cards now because get them right to you. Gift cards, concierge, premium membership. You get a free copy of Witches or any of my other books when you buy a gift card. Two, two gifts for the price of one. So let's get on it. And we also can ship you late uh, United States of Trump and the blue Merry Christmas ornament because we have those packaged to go right now. They're just ready to go right out the door. The others, it takes a little longer. Okay? So help us out. Help yourself out. Save a lot of money. Go to the BillOReilly.com Christmas store. Where the day do not be oblique, O-B-L-I-Q-U-E. Back with Christmas cards in a moment. Okay, it's Christmas cards time. I want to thank everybody who's sending me Christmas greetings. Some send cards. Some send emails. I can't answer all of them. I wish I could. But thank you. It means a lot to me to hear from you. Now, there are three types of Christmas cards. The traditional card, which I do, where you put the name on it and you write, dear so-and-so, have a great Christmas, miss you, hope we can get together, whatever. I'm going to do that tonight. Now, it takes time. It's a burden, but I'm doing it. Then there is the internet card, where you throw it on and there's Santa going like this. Uh, Okay. 
I'm not going to criticize it, but... And then there's the card, the printed card, with the 18 urchins and the dog, and everybody going, that you take in July to put together. But very rarely is there a note on a card. They stuff it in the envelope, pre-designed address, and they send it out with no, hey, how you doing? It's just the urchins and the dog and the dopey expression. Hey, you know, I don't do it. I won't. I'm a personal kind of old school Christmas card guy. Thank you for watching and listening on our radio affiliates to the No Spin News. See you tomorrow.